This episode is brought to you by From Within Records. The week is upon us. Shackled doubt surrounds all. We'll be streaming this Friday. So please do yourself a favor. Head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and go pre-order yourself a copy of the record before it's too late. Also, Warn, a collection of human works CDs are available. Uh, so please uh, head over to the from within records big cartel and purchase a copy before it's too late because they might be sold out and if they're sold out that means you're not following from within records on social media so go boot up your twitter your instagram click that follow button stay up to date on all the current news and like i always say please support from within records because they support us on today's episode we track down our good buddy luke cave he plays in first day out strangle you satisfied and it was just a great conversation we talked about what strangle you and first day out have coming up as far as new music shows uh first day out's about to do a sick run with final ride and shackled shout out to the from within records family and luke and i spend uh, a great amount of time talking about mma if any of you watched ufc 268 over the weekend uh you might be uh, in tune with what we're talking about it, it was really fun to be able to have luke back on the podcast to talk about new music to talk about mma again it, it was seriously such a pleasure um and if th at this point you're not uh in tune with uh first day out or strangle you literally please hit pause go boot up your spotify Bandcamp, apple music title and go stream first day out go stream strangle you you can come back here you can thank me later but please strap in enjoy this conversation without further ado welcome luke cave to the show and we're live welcome back to the podcast luke how's it going hey living the dream baby i was like burping right right as you asked that and i wasn't prepared it's all right i uh, sometimes catch people off guard but i'm stoked to have you back on the podcast obviously uh you've been on multiple times for the mma uh episodes but it's cool to have you back for a solo episode and to talk about first day out yes sir i think I'm not sure if the last time I came on for music was about First Day Out or one of my other bands, but no, it, to be here regardless. It, it, it was your your first, oh, cool. yeah, the, the first time on was when we talked about the uh, First Day Out demo, which was seems like forever ago at this point. Yeah, it does. So I'm uh, curious about the band uh, you guys put out. It, it, it's a an EP, right? That's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cruel World. EP. Yeah. So I'm, I, you know, obviously you uh, sent it over my way, and I was, um, you know, pretty impressed and happy that you guys had stuck it out because obviously you know bands, uh, you know, can come and go for whatever reason, but the fact that you guys, you know, still stuck it through even though you guys, you know, had put the demo out during the pandemic that took a toll on, on a lot of people, but to be able to see you guys emerge and come out with a new record, I, I thought it was awesome. 
Yeah, no, we we uh, we actually had it like completely written probably like two months into the pandemic, and then we just waited to record it until the pandemic was over. Um, but yeah, we're we're super stoked about it, and of course we weren't going to drop this shit. We do this. Mm-hmm. No, that that that's wild because the the demo came out like right when the pandemic was getting you know pretty heavy. So uh, you guys have just been sitting on it for that long. At any point, did you want to try to maybe get it out sooner or did you want to wait till things kind of um, eased up a bit and things were a, a little more clear where you could actually do stuff with new music? Well, so we felt like um, we felt like when when the pandemic ended, we really wanted to come out of the gates swinging, mm-hmm. like uh, playing a bunch of shows and stuff, which up to this point we've been able to do so far. Um play a bunch of shows and we wanted to kind of have fresh music right then. Like I know the demo is technically fresh because nobody had ever seen it live, mm-hmm. but all the songs on the demo are re-recorded on the EP too. Mm-hmm. So, so um, <clears throat> I don't know. It just felt natural to kind of drop it, you know, at a time when like, Hey, we're about to play a bunch of shows. Finally, let's, let's uh, have some momentum off of a new release. So it just didn't make sense to us to drop it earlier in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you guys have been uh, you know, getting some good feedback from it because it seems like you guys are uh, busier now that the this um, EP came out. You, know, you guys had that uh, run uh, to Promcore and played the pre-show. Can you talk about what that's been like to finally be able to get out and put the music and play it in front of people? Yeah, that shit was amazing. Like, I, I want to specifically shout out to Springfield, Missouri um of like the different places we played but um because that place was just incredible um and and a lot of those kids also rolled out to prom core and helped make our prom core set pretty incredible for for considering the prom core show was our fourth show mm-hmm. and it's it's halfway across the country and there's a lot of people singing along to our entire song set like every single song that um that shit was mind blowing to me, especially because, you know, we're not really a band that's had a lot of support from, you know, uh, labels or any, anybody really trying to push us other than, you know, our own two feet. And was it uh, nerve wracking at all for you to, to get out there finally and play these songs since you guys um, hadn't been able to do much with the band? I wouldn't say nerve wracking because we're really confident. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say just more excited than anything, just like ready to finally do it. Like when, so I booked our first show, which was in September. Um, and when I booked it, like a lot of, a lot of my thought process was more like, fuck, this is a year over a year in the making. And we're finally playing a show. It was just like excitement more than anything. Damn. Now I'm thinking about the timeline. Yeah, the, you guys put out the demo, and you guys hadn't done anything at that point live. Yeah, that's crazy. And because because the demo was just like a like a super. I think I told you the story last time how I basically hijacked the demo mm-hmm. from from our guitarist. <laughs> um, it, it was it came by like right after the pandemic started. We did it in like a week wrote recorded it in like a week out of nowhere and then just like people liked it enough that throughout the pandemic we're like okay yeah we'll we'll play shows when this shit's finally back and then, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. I remember when I heard the demo, I was like, okay, these these guys definitely have potential. So that's why I've been following along. Obviously, you and I are friends, so that's made it a little bit easier to kind of stay updated with what's going on with the band. But like I said earlier, it, it, it's cool to see uh, and hear the, the the new stuff to to kind of hear that growth, and then to be able to kind of watch and see more kind of people get in tune as you guys are playing more shows and getting into these different markets. Yeah, it's been sick. Like especially because I feel like um, so me and Jordan, our guitarist who wrote the demo, mm-hmm. we kind of took like a half and half role writing the the newer songs for the ep like i wrote full instrumental half of them he wrote full instrumental half of them and uh, it really created a good blend because he um he writes fast songs but he his have a lot more like there there's multiple riffs throughout the songs and stuff and like the, it varies as, as the song builds while me i'm super dumb and untalented so like all the songs i wrote are just fast punk hardcore like and and it just created like a a cool mix and and i think people are really liking the how it all sounds like the same band but there's variety within the sound Mm -hmm. you know I, i don't know if that makes sense i'm probably rambling but but yeah people are really liking it whoever people who are checking it out are liking it 100%. 100%. No, I, I definitely get what you're saying. There's like a good um, variety when it comes to the music, but it's not so far off where, you know, each song sounds like it's a different band. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And now I'm uh, curious as far as the the new songs, uh, how did you come to pick that first single? What was the single? Ten Toes Down? Um, no, no, I'm, that was for the demo. I'm not sorry. I'm talking about for, for, the, for the EP. I don't think we released a single. We just released the EP off top. Am I tripping? I, I could have sworn you guys re- released a single. We we released Ten Toes Down like in January, mm-hmm. like as a single. Um, but that was that was. I don't know. I don't know what I would even consider that. But we just chose that because it was cool. It was like a thirty second song that we were like, dude why not like like it's an introduction to exactly what we do mm-hmm. like like just 30 second banger and and we just thought it was cool so we dropped it and um and and that was really good i mean i think that's currently our most played song on spotify i don't really like check that stuff too often but uh i think it is now I'm curious, how accurate are those numbers? Because uh, I, I know, like, if you're an artist or you have like a podcast, you can go on the back end and you can see your stats. But do the numbers you see reflect what's actually out there? Uh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, in terms of what, like, like reaction at shows and merch sold and shit like that. Oh like, no, no, I'm sorry. No, I, like, as far as like, okay, if I go to the, um the first day out Spotify page, right? I see how many streams those songs have. And I'm always curious if those numbers are actually accurate because I'm, I'm assuming they're not updated in real time. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they're like updated daily because when, when we did for when we first dropped the EP, I was checking it kind of daily because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a loser like that. Um, I was kind of checking it daily and it was changing like every day. But like if I checked twice in one day, it would be like the same. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine it's just daily. 
Yeah. And I don't think you're a loser for, for checking that because I, I feel like sometimes that information can be valuable because if, if you go and look at those numbers and you see a certain song is more popular than you thought it, it like, you know, actually is in your mind, you could you know, add that to the set list. You know, it pops yeah. off more. So I, I don't think you're a loser. I, I think sometimes uh, that kind of stuff can benefit you. Yeah. I mean, I'll actually uh, even from like people's feedback, like um a couple of people have told me the last song on our EP, which is Can't Keep It Real, which is also the last song on our demo. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have told me like that's their favorite song on the EP. Easily my least favorite song on the EP. Not even why do you think it's last? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, because of that, um, because I've always thought like for our live set, whenever we get more songs, that'll be the first song we take out. But now there's some some thought to that like oh maybe maybe not yeah because if the fans want to hear it but if you don't like it there's like this weird conflict because obviously you want to try to get people excited but at the same time if you're not feeling it it could be weird to perform something that you're not really into yeah but you guys are uh, about to go on on a run uh, uh, starting this weekend which is uh, pretty awesome uh, and you're playing with some some really great bands, but uh, I, I'm curious, uh, why did you guys decide to do this like in the middle of November? And uh, did you guys want to go longer or is this just something you guys just had this great opportunity just to kind of pick up this uh, week in the middle of November? Well, it's it's Veterans Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of a good time because a lot of people who maybe work at post offices or any any type of like, you know, government job or some shit. You know, they, they're probably off work for like four days of the run we're doing, mm-hmm. you know? So, so it's like good timing in that regard. Um, and I don't know why I was just like looking at my calendar like three months ago and I was like, um, veterans day weekend looks great. Like, so I just hit up, um, Chris Striegel in Philadelphia and was like, yo, can you get us a show? on november 12th i just like threw it at him you know because mm-hmm. and he's all he's always told me like he would he would book a show for me if i ever hit him up and i never have because i've never really believed in one of <laughs> one of my bands enough to go to philly mm-hmm. um but but now I, I feel good about first day out and i feel good about the music we're putting out so i was like fuck it let me let me see what's up and he immediately was like yo yeah we have this show already we can put you on it i was like Pfft. I'm not going to say no to that. Hell yeah. So then we just decided to kind of build around that, you know, and we actually had a whole different plan coming back to Atlanta after that show. But the bands who were going to be doing that, because I booked the show in Atlanta for the bands that we were going to do the run with. Mm -hmm. Um, But those bands canceled that leg of their tour because of some routing uh, things. Um, so for a while we were stuck with like a one-off in Philly Mm -hmm. and I I was like, I mean, I don't really care. I'm still down to go play. Yeah. Uh, but then I got hit up to book the, uh, shackled and final right show in Atlanta. Uh, so I booked that. Um, and I was like, yo, it was Joey Sciaramonte from Coyo who hit me up to book it. And, um, I was like, yo dude, uh, I know this is a little unorthodox, but, um, you know, my band, 
uh, we're playing Philly like a day before this run starts and it's coming down to Atlanta and our plans got canceled by chance. Is there any way we could, we could hop on these little extra couple extra shows on the way down to Atlanta. And he, he hooked it up and, and we really appreciate that. That was like, that's an amazing opportunity for us. Those bands fucking rock. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, I think it's really awesome. Cause that first show, that you're playing with, uh, you know, you guys are playing with uh, Dare, Life's Question, Jab, and Spirit Flaw, all awesome bands from like some yeah. different markets. So it's, it's going to be a good look for people who may not be familiar with your band. You guys get to get out and get in front of um, hopefully like a, a ton of new people, especially in that scene. I feel like they have a lot of good things going on out there. So I think that's a really great way to start that run. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm fucking stoked about it. And then. We for the longest we had the day after that was blank because the shackled final right run starts two days after the Philly show mm-hmm. on Sunday, yeah, instead of Saturday. So we just had a Saturday that was blank, and um, I know Bob has a matinee booked in Philly uh, Saturday okay. after after our show. So we were like, shit, if we can't find a show, we'll just pull up and hang out. And, check out this gig because it's a great lineup mm-hmm. see the pain um yeah yeah that show mm-hmm. um i think killing me is playing it yeah that band that band rocks um and freaking we played prom core and vlad from the Delay- delayed gratification records was really rocking with us um so i was like now eh, let me see how close cleveland is to philly and and to richmond because those are the two shows around the saturday and uh yeah i hit him up and and he couldn't get us a show that soon but he he found a house show that was already happening that day and got us got us put on it so shout out to uh vlad at delayed gratification records for helping us out with that hell yeah yeah i've uh heard a lot of good things about vlad i so that's that's awesome that you guys were able to plug in that date. Like it would have been cool to be able to stay in Philly and catch that, uh, you know, Bob Wilson joined because obviously it's an awesome lineup from you know start to Great finish. Show. But it's cool to be able just to get on the road and uh, you know go play somewhere new, play with some new bands. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm trying to rock. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, and and I I honestly like the hustle because obviously that's. Obviously, like social media is a great way to to promote the band and uh, get people to to notice you. But I feel like it's way more impactful when people get to experience it live, and then the word of mouth starts to happen, right? Like, hey, like we you know went to the show with this band first day out, uh, like they were awesome. Like you got to check it out. I, I feel like that uh, has way more of an impact than people just seeing a tweet or maybe a retweet. You know? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Like, um, you know, we still have pre-orders for our seven inch uh up on our band camp right now mm-hmm. that we're completely self-releasing you know so every pre-order helps a fuck ton you know because if anybody who's listening has ever put out records they know how stressful it is and trying to do it ourselves when we've never done anything like that it's it's a huge pain in the ass um so but playing that run to prom core, you know, we've, we've almost doubled our pre-orders, you know, on our band camp since before we started that run, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm hoping that trend continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's, that's definitely crazy to hear, but, but yeah, putting in that work definitely helps. And uh, like I said, like having you back on, I believe in your guys' music. I think you guys are doing 
like you know awesome stuff not only for, for your local scene right because obviously that's uh, like really important to, to to put on for your area but to to just get out and play that music and share it with everybody else i i, I think it's really cool and i i i always imagine a lot of people would be into you guys um it's just the <clears throat> excuse me just like the <clears throat> excuse me just the the lack of awareness right i feel like that's um, yeah. where like a lot of bands struggle and to kind of break through that barrier uh is where you know like a lot of people like struggle with but like once they get through it and people start paying attention um you know and, and that's if you're writing good music and doing cool shit then that's where things like you know kind of snowball and then you know things start you know coming together yeah for sure i i 100 believe in this band uh i know that the music is i mean it's 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 fucking straight up hardcore so mm. i'm not gonna act like we're doing we're like reinventing some wheel and we're like some crazy musicians or anything but we're making fun shit it's it's in your face and it's and it's it's fuck you music um and uh yeah i i you're you're on the nose like it's just a matter of getting eyes to it not like is the music good enough 100 mm-hmm. and yeah you know, and, and that's why i'm here you know right i obviously uh like I said before, we're friends, but I want to help and try to push that out there and let people know, like, hey, there's this band for say out. You guys should check them out. And so, like, I'm always down to help, and I, I hope the best for you guys because, like I said, I, I think the music is awesome. Hey, you know, we appreciate it. Now, I'm I'm curious because, like, I I knew that uh, you and uh, came and knew each other, but I didn't realize you guys were like. Uh, as close as I think you are, because you know here he is doing uh, guest vocals on one of the newer songs. Can you talk about how that came about? Oh yeah, me and Cayman. Uh, I mean, we've known each other for like six, seven years at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we went through a a period of time where we weren't super fucking cool, you know. But we never had like beef or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, and uh, yeah, just in the last like maybe two years, we've gotten a lot closer. We've become a lot better friends and um you know now i'm playing bass and strangle you and uh i don't know if you've seen that but like yeah i'm playing bass and strangle you now and um yeah it's just uh i mean that's really just it like he already did the the same part on the demo because mm-hmm. that song is also on the demo and he he did that part and uh yeah i wasn't gonna change it up and not have him on it you know and and i love it because he comes on and and man i i think he believes in first day out even more than i do because he's he's so excited every every time we play show he's he's going up to philly to to attend our our show in philly and then flying home oh wow Um, yeah he's a he's a fucking rider uh so love that guy yeah, I, I I think that's awesome when uh, you know bands have that right. You go out to these shows and you see the the same people showing out and uh, giving that support. I I think that's awesome and says a lot. Um, but you, you mentioned Strangle You and and obviously I I've talked to Cayman through like the early stages of Strangle You and to know that he just kind of had people uh, filling in and but to hear now that you're you're playing bass and, and I, I did see uh you know some stuff on your instagram story you guys you know over uh was it uh, whatever zoom or facetime uh on, on your computer doing the band practice um so <laughs> yeah. so it's cool to see that you're actually in the band and to to hear that he's actually getting like you know actual like members instead of just borrowing yeah. people because I, I get that can be really frustrating but um outside of now you and Cayman, um, is the rest of the lineup uh, pretty solid? Are, are they permanent members? Can you talk about that? And don't give me a line. 
<laughs> okay. This man, he 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 coming he coming to me every day with different different names. Okay, <laughs> but I mean, like I think there's a few there's a few guys in Tulsa who I think are always going to be like at least honorary members. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe. Uh, I know we're doing. Yeah, I I don't know if you saw the January tour we announced with Constraint and Gates to Hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could tell you we have a lineup for that. <laughs> Okay. Um, and it features uh, one of the Tulsa guys, myself, Cayman. Um, and then uh, I, I don't want to say all the names, but like other people. Um, and there are a couple guys right now who are uh, potentially we're, we're looking at as, as permanent uh, members. But it, it, it seems like local shows will have like an Atlanta lineup, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of like, which is like the lineup we had going to prom core. Um, but I, I really think he's still kind of sifting through it, which that band, I say that band, I'm, I'm in the band, but, um, recent development. So it's hard to get used to, <laughs> uh, strangle you, I think has a ton of potential and, um, you know, I'm excited. We're putting the we're putting the the record out on LDB next year, which, I mean, that's fucking dope. Um, those dudes over there are awesome, and uh, yeah, just exciting things for that. Can I ask you about the new record? Because Cayman came on the podcast uh, earlier in the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the the latest single against your grain, but that was January. Here we are in uh, early November. And I haven't heard anything new about the record. No new singles from the record. Uh, is it done? Are you guys still recording? And do you guys have a release window when that might come out? Dude, let's play the masters right now online. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we we've. I think what I have are the final masters. Okay. I think. Um, I'm not sure what the logistics of. You know, I'm not the guy in Strangle You who, who deals yeah, with all that. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm but, hitting you with all, all these important yeah, questions. But, I, I, if, it, yeah, sorry, came in. But it is done. Okay, record's done. Like, like, and I think I have the final masters. I think it's finally mastered. Uh, but I can't. Don't quote me on it. Okay. All right. We, we have uh, somebody very important from the label coming on the podcast tomorrow. So maybe I'll follow up and try to get a legit answer. Maybe Maybe they know. Who who is that? Tyler Short. Oh yeah, yeah I figured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he 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 could probably tell you better than I could. Okay, all right, yeah, <laughs> he, he'll be on to, uh, tomorrow. Where we're, we're talking uh, Marvels, Marvels Eternals. Uh, but yeah, we'll just save that talk for for, for the next I episode. Got, I still got to see it too. I still got to see Marvel Eternals. Okay. Um. And, and I got to see Dune. I'm, I'm freaking waiting on that. Yeah, you know, I'm not like I, I, I I'm not gonna front. I like know nothing about Dune except for from what all my friends who have been in the know, I guess, their whole life would never mention Dune nah, to me. They, they <laughs> never, they've been in the know. They just, they just recently, they saw there was a book online and they were like, they're like, oh yeah, y'all didn't know about Dune. That's what I feel like because like they're like, yeah, it, it was like the, like the best sci-fi film from the eighties, and I'm like, dude, how have I known you for over a decade and I've never heard you say anything about this series? <laughs> but now it's just like 
like they have all the knowledge and i'm just like okay well fine cool cool you, you did your research but i was just like i just felt so out of the loop so i have i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but i, but I really want to take the time to sit down and check it out i literally know nothing about it other than that it's supposed to be crazy yeah, I thought Tom Holland was like the main character that my buddy told me. No, he's not the main character. It's it's Chalamet, right? I don't and know. Maybe. Whatever his name is. I don't even know his first name. Yeah, I'm, I'm really bad when it comes to uh, a lot of actors and actresses' names. Yeah. So, but okay. So, Strangle You, we'll, we'll kind of just uh, put that on the back burner. We'll, we'll follow it up. But um, w- going back to first, the ad, who did the, the cover art for the, the EP? John Mayo. Okay, because that shit looks crazy. Because that shit's I, beast, right? Yeah, cause I can't tell <laughs> if, if that's just supposed to be some sort of like, like you know, devil or just another demon looking thing. But it looks you know, it's a it's a demon that we're kind of um, we're toying with the idea of making it like a reoccurring like thing. Um, like here we have this we have this sweater, okay, this crew neck that we're we're about to have on this next run with us. Here, let me let me. I don't know how good is the quality of what you're seeing me right now. You look fine. I'm, yeah. You just have to like focus like, if yeah, you put your me, phone up me, to the screen. Yeah, like this is going to be the design of this crew neck, and it's just like a front facing okay. of that same demon with like an FDO chain and shit. Like, I don't know if you could see that. Yeah, but. no, no, I, I definitely saw it. Um, but so, is there a lore behind this? Is this the 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 hoodie guy with his hood off? Because see now my brain's like turning like okay he, dude we might have to make some lore bro we we might have to make a make a comic I, maybe I'll get with uh, the other day you had on uh, the dude from Time and Pressure oh Drew I was listening to yeah yeah, yeah. Drew. Uh, maybe I should get with him and make a comic that would be sick because I. I, I love when bands have like logos or these reoccurring uh, you know characters on pieces of merch because it's, it's it's always fun to kind of see things uh, like uh, evolve or take you know just uh, different shapes. So so yeah. to, to be able to see the the album cover, then now you're just showing me this design for this crew neck. I'm like hell yeah, that, that looks fucking sick. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked about it. it. I feel like it looks like so. Our bassist actually came up with our bassist Addison. He came up with like the general idea for the demon like mm-hmm. he, he he sent me like an outline of it and i basically just sent it to john and i was like yo make this better you know because mm-hmm. addison sucks um <laughs> no i'm just kidding Ad- addison's great he just you know we wanted to put it in john's hands so uh john like knocked it out of the park with the idea that we we brought to him mm-hmm. and uh yeah we're we're fucking stoked on it and i think it, it fits our sound because it's just like I mean, we're not like a mean hardcore band in the sense of like we're not all fucking heavy and you know breakdowny and shit, but we're like mean in the sense of like we talk that real shit. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I I think when I listen to the music and I look at the album cover, I I feel like it fits. I I don't feel like it's off or anything. Yeah. So great job. I definitely appreciate that. Um, but as far as uh, you guys have this uh november run happening and then obviously you're gonna be a little bit busy with a strangle you uh, do you have other plans for first day out to do more shows or maybe hit other regions yeah so we have a december a couple of days in florida uh still waiting on an announcement from that for like the last show of it um but that's going to be it for this year and and i've already got our first show for next year booked it's going to be in atlanta um 
I can't say too much about it, but I can tell you it's a fucking nuts lineup, mm-hmm. and it's it's some bands like on their way to FIA and shit. So, so it's gonna be pretty good. Um, um, speaking of FYA, I'm, I'm curious, will, will you be there? Yeah, are you gonna be there? Hundred percent, dude. Yes, hell yeah. Me and my wife are both gonna be there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I yo swing through Atlanta the day before. Are you going to the pre-show? Uh, no okay so here um uh this is gonna be uh, uh you know our good friend ethan he's gonna love this uh so oh. I'm, <laughs> good old ethan so i'm flying to savannah ethan's picking me up and then we're driving down dude to, to tampa fly to savannah drive to atlanta the day before fia and come see first day out <laughs> that would be sick um I, uh, or just fly to Atlanta and then ride with me. <laughs> ride with you. Fuck Ethan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Yeah, he, he he's gonna love his, his little uh, spotlight on the podcast. But um, yeah. So th- that's that's the plan. But I will be there. Uh, so it, it, it will be great to meet you in person because that that fest yeah. is gonna be fucking awesome. There's so many good bands yeah. playing the fest and even the the after shows. It's gonna be amazing. I was uh I was blown away by how fast that shit sold out. Cause were you there last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was or, or well, the last yeah, way, not, yeah. not last year. I stole this oh, off yeah, yeah. off the front door when I was leaving. Beast, yeah. um, freaking that shit. Uh, that venue is huge. Yes. So I and and like as many people as there were that year, there was still a ton of room. So, so I can't imagine they were anywhere near the cap of that building last year they may they may have been you know i didn't book it but like Mm -hmm. but like this year they capped it in like five minutes that's nuts yeah but i think that's just part of like the the craze of uh hardcore being back you know because obviously like there'd been like things popping up here and there but for the first like real hardcore fest happening back and especially it being uh and i feel like things are kind of like uh slowly getting back in order because uh you know FYA has always been the first major fest of the year. So they kind of, in my opinion, I feel like that fest w- would always kind of set the tone for the yeah. year when it comes to the other fest. I feel like that's, um, you know, cause obviously they do like an awesome job of kind of showing the, like what's currently going on in hardcore. Obviously they would have some like legacy bands, but I feel like just the fact that this is the first one back, people are like, all right, cool. Like, we want to be there on top of the lineup. The lineup is amazing, right? I, I can't. Yeah. Like, when I look at that lineup, I'm just like, shit, like, who am I going to you know, take a dinner break like, during? Who's, who's the break, dude? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just like, dude, like, even like when you look at the, the breakdowns by day, you're just like, shit. And like, for me, there's also the bands that I love, but then also there's just so many bands that I've been like dying to see like, like day one, like the one band that I'm so pumped to see is all due respect. I, I can't get over that band. I, yeah. I feel like they fucking <laughs> just like that, that uh, record they put, out was just amazing. And I, I just have it on repeat all the time. So that's like one band where I'm like super excited for. And then obviously like I, I had just seen almighty watching like a couple weeks ago in, in Wilkesbury and listening to the music. I was like, yeah, this band's fucking awesome. I can't wait to see him. But when I finally got to see them live, I just felt like, their like mosh parts just hit like way harder for some reason really? live. Yeah. So it was yeah. just like a whole different experience. So I'm like, man, I can't wait to see them again. I was wondering about that. Cause their mosh parts, uh, at least from the couple songs I heard, uh, which is on the two comps, um, their mosh parts are a little different tempoed. Yeah. Like, 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 I don't know if that, that's the right way to word it, but like, uh, I mean, they're super cool, mm-hmm. you know? So, so that's, that's interesting that live, like, 
the mosh parts really popped. I mean, I think that band's super cool. I like what they do vocally, yeah. especially. Um, like with the I don't know what they're doing with like reverb or whatever, but like, <laughs> they're doing some and it's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just so sick. And, and then even like the uh the second day, like and, like I I always like try to uh, always like appreciate and like just like live in the moment whenever I see Payback Live because I've got the chance to see them yeah. twice at this point and, and you know I, and obviously like you know people who are more local to them obviously get to see them a little more often than I do but just you know being from California that's not a luxury that I have so any chance that I get to see Payback it's always something special for me so I always try to you know always savor those moments so like that's just like one band where I'm just like okay yeah. cool get to yeah. see them again the way, it's gonna be fucking I- sick. By the way, I just remembered your your um your podcast is sponsored by From Within Records. I'm not wearing this payback shirt as like pandering. I, it's just I happen to have it on, dude. It, it's okay. Look at um, <laughs> payback is here. Um, you know this is and I, I I don't mean to brag, but people who watch the podcast and see this is a test press from it is what it oh. is. This is a, a a gift from the man himself, Carter Holmes. So shout out no From Within deal. Records. From Within Records for life. I, I always rep that shit. When, when you come to this podcast, you know you're gonna hear some shit about From Within Records. They're always doing cool yeah. shit. So, dude, they're 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 fucking killing it, man. Like, I I love everything they put out, and like they put out the Shackled and Final Right stuff. Well, Shackled's mm-hmm. about to put out, yeah. But um, and, and then you know we're gonna play a few gigs with them, and uh, obviously we have nothing to do with From Within Records, but I'm just I'm stoked to like be a part of that run mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's 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 nuts i think the energy that label carries and the bands off of that label carry is fucking it's it's real deal shit i fuck with it 100 percent. yeah they're I, I feel like what they're doing uh they're, they're doing a lot of uh things right they're putting on for uh, real bands and they actually care about their shit so yeah i love them love carter so that's why i'm always down to represent if you're a fan of here let me give you a little little bit of breaking i won't say too much but if you're a fan of from within records if you're a fan of the dreamer k podcast we have something very special cooking for fya we've got some things it's it's already set in motion it's going to happen i'll tell you off air luke but like i said if you're a fan of the label the podcast and you're going to fya you'll be pretty stoked okay i already got some guesses but but we'll uh we'll talk about it off air Okay. And oh, uh, for, for anybody, uh, you know, uh, more on FYA, for, for anybody who's going to the after shows, there's uh, two bands that I, I want to just kind of shout out because obviously a lot of the bands that are playing are, you know, from here in the States, but there's, uh, you know, that band Declination, international band. So anybody who's going to the first after show, please show up early to check out that band. And anybody who's going to the second night, there's a newer band from the States called uh, Hold My Own. I've heard the demo. And it's awesome. So for for uh, anybody who's going to the second night, show up early, check out that new band. It's fucking sick. Hell yeah. But that's cool to hear that you guys uh, first day out has stuff planned into the the next year. I'm, I'm excited for you guys because, like I said, I feel like uh, it's just that it's going to be that snowball effect. Like the more shows you guys play, the more people you get in front of and the more that people are going to talk about you guys. Because obviously um, you can see stuff on the Internet and you can scroll and be like, oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. That's cool. I'll, I'll click that later. But to, to, to play these shows and to, to be solid and do it live, I feel like that's where you're going to get a lot of people to come around. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. And it's, you know, not not to like woe is me or anything, but it's it's kind of hard coming from Atlanta when you're not like, you know, 
foundation Mm -hmm. or like friends of foundation or like abuse of power, like those people, you know, Mm -hmm. which like respect to them. Uh, but to not be those guys, uh, when you drop music, you really gotta, not to say they don't have to put in work. (laughs) God, I'm, I'm making myself seem like an idiot. Um, but, but, you know, you really got to get out there and you got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to get out, play shows in front of people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's nothing I like doing more anyways. So it works out. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I totally get what you're saying. Cause it's hard to, to kind of break out of the shadow of a band like foundation that has had such an impact on the entire scene. So when bands think of that particular market, they just think foundation foundation, right? That's all they yeah. think about. And to get them to kind of, you know, switch gears and, uh, you know, uh, you know, know that foundation obviously uh, is from there did a lot of impactful stuff, but there's still current stuff going on from that scene that is still viable and good music and that people should also, uh, you know, focus on as well. Yeah. But, uh, before we started recording, you m- briefly mentioned Kamar Usman and, and this is where things, you oh, know, yeah. switching gears. We, we, we got to talk about, just, um, just like last time. <laughs> yeah. We, we got to talk about uh, UFC, uh, 268, which, uh, you know, happened over the weekend and, you know, I went 0-3 in my picks, right? People called me crazy. Yo, I was horrible last night on my picks. <laughs> Dude, yeah. People called me crazy, but, you know, I had picked Michael Chandler, uh, uh, Wei Li Zhang, and uh, Colby Covington, right? The the, the non-Trevor Whitman parlays is what people are saying, because obviously the the other three are all tre- Trevor Whitman fighters. Uh, you know, Kamara Usman, Rose Namajunas, and uh, Justin Gaethje, which is totally fine. Like, I, I honestly felt, um, you know... I'd, not even looking at the odds, I felt like those matchups, uh, you know, were pretty evenly matched. And I, I felt, I honestly felt like it, it co- could go either way, but just um, with my instinct, um, those three that I named earlier were the ones that I picked. And granted, uh, you know, two of the three uh, of the outcomes I think were fair. I think the only one that was really controversial was uh, the Rose Namajunas and Whaley Zhang fight. I thought Zhang won rounds one, two, and three pretty clear. Uh, you know, I heard some people argue that she even won round four, which I'm like, uh, I gave that one to Rose, but then obviously round five, Rose clearly won with like her dominant, uh, you know, takedown, yeah. her her top game. But uh, it was just to me, just very frustrating because I I watched that and th- th- like I'm a bigger fan of Rose Namajunas than Whaley Zhang. But, well, and I assume you're a bigger fan of Kamara Usman than than Colby, Colby Covington. <laughs> yeah, so I'm um, uh, so I was just trying to pick the people who would just like you know just. Uh, Based off skills, who who um, had a better chance at night, and to, to see uh, Whaley do so good in the first three rounds, and then obviously uh, not really get dominated, she just got uh, you know controlled. Like you know, it's not like she was getting yeah. like beat up. There, there, there wasn't a a ten eight round. Like people were trying to argue maybe round five could have been a ten eight, since she didn't really do anything except for get, yeah. get taken down. Yeah, which. Um. Which even if there was a ten eight round, that still wouldn't have granted Rose the victory, you know. Yeah. It, so it, it was just that that was just the one that kind of got me. I had Zhang winning, and, and I had her winning post fight, mm-hmm. like like before the cards were read off. Yeah. Like I I thought she won it. Um, I thought, yo, the Michael Chandler Justin Justin Gagey one was just crazy and that was so awesome i love that they opened the card with that fight mm-hmm. it reminded me of like when in hardcore sometimes they'll put like like i think cold world opened back to school jam one year mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it was just like, okay, everybody's got to be here tuned in early. Yeah. I, I loved that. Um, but like, like, yeah, I'm on the same as you. I picked, uh, Kobe, I picked Whaley and I picked, uh, Chandler and, and yeah, lost them all. And I actually, I actually think Kobe, uh, won on rounds as well. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I want to go ahead and put it out there. I do not like Kobe Covington, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but but I I do respect him as a fighter. You know he he's he's obviously a tough, gritty fighter with a lot of talent and skill. Um, but yeah, I I thought he was wobbling Usman in the third, the fourth, and the fifth, like repeatedly. Yeah, was it and was it the fourth going? It was it the third going to the fourth or the fourth going to the fifth? He he caught him with an uppercut right at the end of the round, and he was like, like yeah. if the if it wouldn't have been at the bell, like it probably could have been, maybe a finish if if it continued a little bit. Yeah, we had like ten more seconds, but yeah, that that was the fourth going into the fifth. I, I think one of the most impressive things was his uh, ability to recover because at the end of round two, when he got dropped twice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, this is it. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I predicted Colby round three by TKO, but I was like, oh shit, it's gonna be Usman round three by TKO or knockout. I was thinking that too, going into the third. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but to to see him recover and to be able to, you know, because sometimes like you know guys will be able to recover, but they're just kind of a shell for the rest of the fight. But no, Colby was able to recover and was able to continue to fight at a, a high pace and pretty competent. Right, he he wasn't. Uh, you know, throwing these like like wild winging punches. Yeah. He he was still out there just being you know very calm and still calculated. Uh, but it, it, it sucked for both fighters to see, and, and not even just with this fight, but just through the whole card, how uh, fighters kept slipping. Right, because uh, a lot on that mat last night. Yeah, because yeah. there were some times where I thought the fighter got hit and actually got knocked down. But when you watch it from a different angle, it's like no, uh, it was just a slip. So it, it was really interesting yeah. to see that. Um, it, like like throughout the whole night that fighters were dealing with that, which is weird because uh, at the press conference, like the post fight press conference, somebody had asked Dana white about it. And he said, he's like, no, like that's the same cannabis that we always use. Like, you know, you're not supposed to be able to slip on it like that. Like you're actually going to get like, you know, your, your skin burned if, if you rub up against it like that. So to, to hear yeah. him say that, but to see so many different fighters slip, it, it was a really strange. And also yeah, it's, it's well- not like a, I don't think it like, you know, would have changed the outcome of any fight, but it was just uh, just kind of frustrating to see, uh, you know, uh, the fighters having to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely a few times where like someone was trying to take someone down or something like that and mid takedown, they would slip or something. And then they no longer had the leverage they needed for a takedown or something. And I was like, that sucks, but I hate wrestling in the UFC. So I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, mm-hmm. Again, uh, I don't know, man. It was it was it was a crazy night of fights, like start to finish, early prelims all the way through. That that dude who is the guy who knocked out Israel Adesanya, what's his name? Uh, Alex, Alex Pereira. Yeah. Yo, he he really impressed me with his wrestling defense. Like mm-hmm. I I really thought anytime somebody comes in who's a highly pedigreed striker without a lot of MMA experience. You know, um, I just think like us, I mean, as soon as somebody gets a hold of him, he's going to get ragdolled and he's going to lose all of his power 
trying to defend the wrestling, but he, he defended the wrestling really, really well. And then that flying knee, like out of nowhere to get the knockout. And then the, the Irish guy too, I think it was early prelims or it may have been the first fight on the prelims. um, Early prelims. Yeah. uh, That guy, God, he was getting his ass beat bro. And then, but, but the knockout that he got was like the cleanest, like picks are perfect. Yeah, and you're speaking about uh, Ian Gary. Ian uh, Gary, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was getting pieced up, and I'm I, I don't know like how he was letting uh, Jordan Williams just connect, and he kept letting him connect, which was like pretty interesting because you're just like, okay, like you know, uh, his like I, I felt like the amount of times that he got hit with the same combination, it's like he should have picked up on that rhythm like a lot sooner than he did because like he waited till like the last like 30 seconds of the fight to to get that knockout. And it's just like, yeah, he was getting pretty battered. And it was also kind of like scary to watch because I'm like, okay, there's this young kid. There's a lot of pressure behind him, right? Even like the UFC is touting him to be the future. He's hitting all like the major MMA shows. Um, I was just hoping that that wasn't going to be too much for him. And, uh, you know, octagon jitters, uh, you know, people say it exists. It doesn't exist. But that's what I was scared for for him, this young kid. A lot of pressure coming in. I was hoping that he was going to be able to live up to it and not get just like a deer in the headlights, which I thought that's what it's going to be like seeing him get punched in the face. And, you know, um, obviously uh, he's like really, uh, you know, light skinned. So I feel like uh, he wore it like more than like other people would have. Uh, So just to see that early on, but then to be able to see him bounce back, I'm like, okay, cool. That was a great first test for him in the UFC, but I hope going forward, obviously he he's training over at a uh, uh, Sanford MMA, so I'm, I'm I'm hoping that he gets um you know better at his defense because uh it, it's not gonna get easier right the 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 higher ranked people you fight and like you have all this uh, uh like momentum behind you you have this whole country backing you again it's like they're not gonna be giving you there's no easy fights at this point like it's all gonna just yeah. get, get harder and harder so i'm hoping he's able to you know work on his defense a little more and not get put in that same situation because if he gets hit by other people in, in that weight class if he out yeah yeah exactly so yeah great i, great I really did but yeah i i really didn't like him like saying he's the next conor mcgregor and shit in his post-fight interview and like early career early ufc conor mcgregor was not getting hit like that <laughs> Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean he was just steamrolling people early yeah Um, so so that just made no sense to me that was not a fight that i would come out of and be like yeah i'm the next fucking conor mcgregor (laughs) i'm just worried for him because he's in that welterweight division and if you look at you know you look at the top you got usman feed feed him to hamzat I, uh, you know, I, I'm really curious because obviously uh, Hamzat beating uh, the Leech in his last fight that that was really impressive, but but I am curious to see how he will actually do against like top five competition. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he beats most of them. I'm not a big Hamzat guy, I'll be honest. Okay. Um, but I think, dude, there's no way, there's no way. Uh, Jorge Masvidal beats him. No, no, he's there. There, there's the only three I think are Usman, Covington, and um, Leon Edwards. Oh, so you're talking about like the the, the, the all like all, all three of those fighters are all super technical and yeah. are like well rounded. Like, you can't just take them down and like like he does to all his opponent. You know what I mean? You can't just you're not just gonna walk in there and just take down fucking Kamar Usman and just ragdoll him you know 
What if he does? Like, <laughs> what if this crazy weird no world? There's no way, dude. There's no way. Like Colby Covington is a fucking D1 wrestler. You know, he he freaking wrestled at what was it like Oregon State or something? Kamaru Usman wrestled at um, I don't know what college, but he's like a D2 national champion. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is no way. Like yeah, you can have wrestling, and Hamzat clearly has wrestling. But when that gets canceled out and it becomes a striking matchup, we really haven't seen, you know, what that will mean for him. Because as you you've seen a ton of times when highly pedigreed wrestler versus highly pedigreed wrestler turns into a striking match. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it last night with and and in the last fight with Kobe and Usman. You know, yeah, and um, Usman has uh like one of the best boxing coaches in like, yeah. the, the entire world uh, out there with a uh, training with Trevor Whitman says so it, it I obviously I, I would bet my money on Usman beating Kamzat yeah. but it, it would just be a trip to see him get to that point <laughs> yeah it would I I hope it happens like um I don't like the guy <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but I hope he uh I hope he keeps winning so we can see those matchups. Just like I actually hoped Kobe was w- going to win last night, so that way we could get a third fight. <laughs> yeah, get that trilogy out of it. Yeah, I wanted him to win just so we could get a third fight. Yeah, but if you look at the welterweight division for for, for Usman, like right now, the only real people left for him is uh, the the rematch with uh, Leon Edwards, right? Because obviously they, they they fought at a different time in their careers. Uh, Usman beat him. But uh, Leon is on this crazy, he, what he's on like a nine fight win streak or something crazy yeah. like that. But uh, imagine if, if I don't see it happening, but what if Leon Edwards loses to Jorge Masvidal? And it's like, well, all right, why would this guy's never going to fight Usman then? Well, I, I, I feel like if, okay, if Leon loses, then they're just going to catapult comes <laughs> uh, out to the title shot because there's no way Masvidal's getting a third title shot. And if you look at the rest of the division, uh, there's really nobody else deserving because yeah there's like vicente luque up there but he has to get another win or two to make a real claim to get get the title shot but yeah uh, i feel like that's the route they would go is if uh if edwards loses comes out's getting that title shot yeah the problem is it's like uh Usman is clearly better than covington right? yeah yeah you can't argue that at this point but, but covington is clearly better than every other welterweight <laughs> so it's like it's it's almost hard for me mentally to justify anyone fighting Usman. yeah at this point and then he's he's not going up because him and izzy are friends they, he, he said he would fight izzy for like a hundred million dollars but it's just like that ain't happening yeah that, that that's that's too much money that the uc would at this point never pay anybody that much money right now uh, maybe yeah. maybe in the future but who knows um but I wouldn't be mad at him if he went down because I, no way, though, but, no way with his physique. Well, then would like uh, what would a Poirier? Okay, Poirier could do 170. He, he said it, nah, it, he, but Usman's a really big 170. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like it wouldn't. I think I think the best move would be to chase super fights at middleweight that are not Izzy. Okay. Oh, so you, you, you just want him to take just like, you know, fights people in like the, the top five yeah, fight, fight Whitaker. Oh man. As much as I love Whitaker, I think he, I think he might beat Whitaker. 
Yeah, I think he, he would. He's so good. He's but so that'd good. be a, that'd be a, that'd be a crazy fight to sell right there. Yeah, but okay. So I'm I'm looking at the the top ten uh, middleweights in the UFC, and I just don't see anybody giving. Uh, Usman to try any problems except for and, and honestly I think Usman could beat Izzy because if you looked at how uh, Jan I think so too because yeah. if you looked at how Jan controlled Izzy on the ground when it came to wrestling uh, that's all Usman would have to do because like Izzy, Izzy's not the biggest uh, welterweight he, he's he's taller but if Usman just put on some weight obviously he'd have to um, you know bulk up uh, you know or maybe just walk around his natural weight to, to fight he would just have to he'd go just out wrestle Izzy yeah and granted, easier said than done. Hey, Izzy but, has really good uh, uh, takedown defense now. Yeah, but I favor Usman in that matchup. Because, but then, okay, let, let me read off the the, the top ten middleweights. Kind of Vittori Costa. Yeah, so, so there's Kelvin Gastelum. He's trash. Usman. Oh come on. <laughs> he's he, he's not trash. He's just not these guys. Come on. Have he, some respect, Jamie. Even in his own weight class, he's trash. Uh, you know, he he gets whipped. He he should. Oh, yeah. He would yeah, be for sure. He'd be but better off. Trash. He'd be better off being a welter. Like I, I've said this for so long. I wish he would just be disciplined and go back to welterweight. He's better served down there. He's too small for yeah. for, for for middleweight. That's like his biggest yeah. problem. Um, there until he's had a rough go. Usman smashes him. He won't even make it to the fight. He's so injury prone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I love Darren Till, but he won't even make it to the fight. There, but there's this guy that I'm interested in, Sean Strickland, former Nazi weirdo. But he's pretty interesting. Like I was, I was really interested in that Luke Rockhold matchup. That, that would just be a fun fight. I don't know if it'd yeah. be a good fight, but it'd be a fun one. Yeah, but what if he? What if this random number eight knocks out Usman? That'd be crazy. The thing is, the thing is, a lot of these guys have the power. Yeah, yeah. Like, like regardless of ability, they all, almost all. I don't think Gastelum, but a lot of them have that. You know, they could one punch Usman in, in the right spot. Mm-hmm. You know, Usman has a really good chin, but but at the end of the day anybody can get knocked out you know what I mean? yeah we saw jorge masvidal remember he used to have a good chin until he ran into usman's yeah. right hand that thing was beautiful though it was so perfectly executed you know we talk about power um, i want to talk about frankie edgar when he was fighting uh you know uh marlon vera last night it looked like he just had no power anymore which was so yeah. weird when you think about him being former lightweight champion now he's fighting bantamweight, and it's just like, where did his power go? Because normally, I, it was I, feel, I, I, I just hate it because Frankie's such a goat. He is, you but... know, and it, it's just hang it up, bro. <laughs> it's not working at any weight class that you you can fight at. Like, hang it up, man. Train fighters. Yeah, because it's pretty sad and he's okay so out of the last three losses that he's had it's all uh, he got tko'd by the the korean zombie he got knocked out flying knee by Corey sanhagen and then he just got knocked out last night by marlon vera with a front kick to the face and it's just okay his now he's in uh, double digit losses that yeah now yeah. that that's sad and 
as a guy who used to be like a perennial contender wherever he went. Yeah. Uh, I just think uh, his time is up. And, and yeah. it's, it, 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 it's sad to say because you, you, you think back to all those like crazy performances. He's the guy that dethroned BJ Penn. So yeah. when, when you think about that, it's just like, damn, now this guy's getting his ass kicked left and right. And it's it, it's, it's not fun so, to watch. Hey, so is BJ Penn. Dude, when he that, that video came out of him getting knocked out outside of that bar by some like random like civilian, you're just like, geez, dude, what's going on? on. Yeah, it's sad. So it's like I just want to see Frankie Edgar just just stop because like you're on a two fight losing streak now uh, against you know some of the top people in his division, and it, like I said earlier, it doesn't get easier in, in the UFC. Yeah, the thing is, and and you know, getting knocked out by Marlon Barra. I, I don't care what anybody says. I know Marlon Barra technically has a win over Sean O'Malley, but he's not a future contender. I know people say he's like a, a potential future champ. I don't see it. No, because if you look at the top of the division, he he, he can't hang because he, uh, he he couldn't even hang with um, And granted, Jose Aldo is still very talented, but, yeah, but that's just how it would go for him at the, the, the top, maybe even worse. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and yeah. I don't know. It's just like if I was like, you know, obviously I'm not like Frankie Edgar, but let's say I was like a pro basketball player. It's so Kobe Bryant, right? When he was like at the tail end of his career, mm-hmm. um, he not about to get benched. He had to go out while he was still a starter mm-hmm. and still like like a good solid player. If I'm not contributing at the same level that I'm used to, I'm out. <laughs> like, like, I don't, I don't want to shit on my legacy. That's just me though. You know what I would like to see? Uh, give Corey Sanhagen, Marla Vera. You know, oh, he, he'd eat him alive, but I feel like he needs a, not like a tune up fight, but he, he, he needs something to, to bounce back from. Cause he's on a two fight losing streak. Granted, I think he won the TJ fight. He clearly lost the, Peter Yan fight, um, but you know he's on the two fight two fight losing streak. Marlon is coming off of a, a you know nice knockout of Frankie Edgar. I, I feel like it wouldn't be uh, too far off. Wait, who who did who did Sam Hagen fight last week? Peter Yan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. And yeah, he got he got. <sighs> and I, I'm worried for for Corey because I I feel like he might be one of those guys that just kind of cracks when he gets the opportunity right because when, when you look yeah. at his fight against tj even though it looked like he won that fight he just kept doing that weird spinning shit and tj kept yeah. taking his back and controlling him never really got beat up but just got outpointed which was weird and then you look at the peter yan fight which i i think he had all the tools to beat peter yan he just uh I, I just don't know why he 